This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome to yet another episode of HFC Chat, the podcast made by the fans for the fans. This week is packed full of post chat so you can get your fix. We have Luke Bell joining us this time as he discusses with us the key talking points from the interview that aired earlier this week on BBCTs with Chairman Raj Singh. We'll also discuss how Dave Chandler's use of the loan market has been utilised so effectively as we scrutinise the performance of the loan players that have been part of this campaign. In addition, we give you a run-through of the last three games and a look ahead to tomorrow night's game away to Dagenham and Redbridge. But before we start the show, Jack, how have you been keeping, my friend? Yeah, mate, brilliant, thanks. It's great to be back with yet another episode, one which we are sure will last a lot longer than the little bonus episode we did to start up, and one that is packed full of pools content. I'm really glad we have the opportunity to have Luke on the show today. Belly, how are you keeping, mate? And most importantly, how are you feeling with pools currently? Hi, Jack. Hi, right, Davo. Yeah, I'm keeping well, mate. Um, obviously, buzzing about pools at the minute. And for the first time in a very long time, looking forward to it every single match here. That's fantastic to hear, mate. It's going to be great to hear another perspective on things in comparison to just me and Davo, which I'm sure people are getting bored of. Let's delve straight into the episode and look back on the last three results. These were Woking at home on Saturday, which was a 1-0 win. Kings Lynn away last Tuesday, which was a 2-0 draw and Eastleigh on the Saturday prior at home, which was nil-nil. Personally, for me, we just have to keep winning and hope that Sutton do have a wobble. And I'm hoping that Saturday was the start of another set of wins. Belly, what have you got to add to that? Yeah, it was a great home win uh, last time out against Warburg. Yes, we should have been out of sight, but we've also could have quite easily lost the game had it not been for Gordon Banks-esque save from Ben Killer. A 1-0 win, great finish from Ray Swords. And nice to say Luke Williams played 70 minutes injury-free and looked pretty sharp. Something like 1,400 days since his last league start, which is like four years ago. Uh, but overall, a win is a win. I think all players will take that at this stage. Um, last two games before, that have been rather frustrating. But we're still avoiding defeat, which is good. Um, the first goal conceded at Kingsland was pretty poor, with it coming down from a goal kick over 
the top. Um, but we did get the point. Um, before the game, we did expect us to take three. But this game did show never say die spirit to come back twice in the game. And we did have chances to win it right at the end. But we take the point and we move on. The Eastley game at home was a rare time we didn't get that win at home. Um, I believe Ben Strevens, the Eastley gaffer, came up the northeast with a game plan to stop us. And Eastley executed it pretty well, cutting off our wingers and fullbacks. And the likes of Shelton in the midfield picking up the ball and playing through that lovely through ball he likes to play um, for our strikers, Luke Armstrong and Resorts. But the way you look at it, it's, we didn't lose any points of promotion rival in Eastley this time out. And once again, we avoided defeat. Um, overall, though, you can't really complain, can you? Or two losses out of 17, unbeaten in nine, 28 points out of the last 30 on offer at the Vic, 10 home league wins, um, 10 home league games unbeaten for Pools, our best run in Victoria Park since going 13 without defeat in the 06 or 07 season. Can't complain at all. It's looking really good. It is what it is. And we're still in that top three. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, mate. You know, it's amazing to see what a fortress the Vic is turning into. It's just a shame we can't have fans in. I'm sure everyone would agree it would be absolutely bouncing. For me, we just have to keep picking up points on the road and hope that we can turn some of them into three points along the line. Hopefully, that'll be starting tomorrow night away at Dagenham and Redbridge. Looking ahead now to our next fixture, which, of course, is Dagenham away tomorrow night. In terms of a preview for this one, you'd say Pulse come into this one again as favourites, but you just can't underestimate any of these games, and that has already been proven a couple of times this season. The Daggers... Who are, who are currently unbeaten in five games, with the most recent being an, an away win on Saturday against Altrincham, which finished 1-0. The other four games consisting of two wins and two draws. And just to note, their top goal scorer this term is Paul McCallum, who was netted seven times in 23 games. Pearls, however, come into this one after having drawn four of their last six on the road, winning one and losing the other. But with only 12 games remaining now of the National League season, excluding Dover on the final day at home, I'm very confident that both the players and Dave Chandler will, will be hoping to kick on from Saturday's win and try and end the season as strongly as possible with a hope in mind that we could maybe clinch the National League title. Now we move on to the main part of the podcast today as the three of us in turn will discuss our thoughts and opinions on how influential our loan signings have been to our campaign. But just before we do kick on, I want to kindly remind everyone that anything that is said either by myself, Jack or Luke is based on our own thoughts and opinions. Luke, we will start with your assessment. Yeah, I think the recruitment in the loan market this season has been excellent overall. Um, it has really helped develop and improve our squad on the whole. Uh, firstly, I'll start with Lewis Cast. Lewis Cast is a player which I didn't really know much about when he first came to the club. Um, it's a player which I wasn't keen on at first, I'm not going to lie. I think he's grown game by game. Um, and he's proved, proved me wrong, really. He's been a real key player in our starting 11. And um, it was the right kick in the teeth that he got sent off against Altrincham. But I, I, still, I think he'll walk straight back at the start 11, in my opinion. It just shows how highly regarded he is at Newcastle, as he was rewarded with a new contract quite recently. He was in the 23s captain for Newcastle. And Chandler's made a great addition to the squad by bringing him into this season. Yeah, and now I'm just going to talk a little bit about Jamie Sterry briefly, who... Firstly, we know who isn't a loan signing, but has been a star player since his arrival. And as each game goes on, he just seems to get better and better. And of course, he offers a lot on the right side, both attacking and defensively. However, I think a key part of this is how much he's brought out of Lewis Cass and how much he's benefited from the signing. And see him now in the back three, he, we just seem to be getting the best out of him. Overall, I am glad he's a permanent signing for Pills as he could board well in a side, potentially, in the Football League come next season. 
However, the problem is trying to pen them down because it's going to be a tough battle to keep other teams from from getting his signature. But overall, he's generally a brilliant bit of recruitment. Dave, well, I couldn't agree more. Um, Sterry really has brought in Lewis Cass. Another loan signing that we've brought in quite recently, really, um, is Tom White. He's a player that I quite like when he was at Barrow uh, last season when I seen him. He's definitely strength in the midfield and he's brilliant on the ball as well. I remember his first interview when he mentioned about playing at the Vic for Barrow and the crowd and atmosphere being brilliant. It's a shame he can't experience none of that at the moment, but he's definitely a good loan sign from Blackburn. Yeah, Billy, just to add uh, to what you've said about Tom, I personally don't think we've seen the best of him yet, but I do think he really adds a lot to the squad and you can tell that with the quality he has, when he's, whether he's in or out of possession. Now, to the most recent loan signer, Jake Cooper from Rotherham, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, Cooper, obviously he hasn't played much uh, so far. He hasn't been in the club that long, to be honest, but he does offer another option at the back and acts as decent cover. Um, as you do when someone new signs, you look on Twitter to see what other people's opinions are of him. And Ronnie Moore rated him on Twitter and said Cooper was a decent player. Uh, he's also an experience at Gateshead in the non-league, so time will tell on this one. I'm hoping he's a huge success. And then another short-term deal, if you like, we had quite recently was uh, Bunny. Bunny obviously signed for Pools on a really short-term deal. He only played a handful of games and didn't feature that much. But I remember him at Solihull away and he did look very attractive. He had a decent left foot. Um, he's got to move the football league, so fair play. You can't really complain with that. But he did sign for Grimsby in there, but rock bottom league too. I don't think they'll be in the football league long. So, yeah, we'll see where he gets with that one. Another player that we haven't seen a load of, but also another loan signing, was Ravas. I know we got him from Derby. Luke, what do you think about him? Yeah, Ravas, he's only played a handful of games for the club since signed from Derby on loan. But I honestly think his biggest impact has been on Ben Killer. Um, competition for the number one spot has helped to improve Killip a lot. Yes, Killip has made mistakes, but as we've seen that previous game at Warpen, that save was amazing. And that, at the end of the day, that gets you three points in a clean sheet. Um, then vital saves are massive for us going through a season, pushing for promotion. Yeah. Alternatively, some might say Ravas is a waste of a loan spot and some might say, well, why can't we get someone as an outfield player? But Because you're only out of five, aren't you, in your match day squad or at the club, so... But I'm, I do think that Brad Young is more than capable of being that pool's number two and challenging for Ben Killer. Uh, to be honest, Ravas's performance looks pretty solid. He's a big lad and a good shot stopper. Yeah, just on what you said there about Brad Young, I know we're going to touch on his call-up a little bit later on in the podcast. It was quite interesting to see, you know, he's getting these call-ups and that suggests that he does have the calibre and he does have the quality. So why he isn't getting in that match day squad is quite interesting, but I totally agree with what you've said there about, you know, the impact that Ravas has had on Killip. I think it really has pushed him on and we are starting to see the Ben Killip, you know, that when we first signed him, people were talking about. And now we move on to Tyler McGloy. I'm wondering if you can take us through your analysis, Billy. Yeah, McGloy was excellent in his spell of pulls. I was a bit gutted when we couldn't get all of them um, and get him back at the club. Luckily, he tied up nicely in the, fa- in the fact that Gary Little was returning back the first team from his injury. Tyler McGloy was absolutely rapid, as everyone knew. Had a good defensive head on him. I'm sure he'll go on to bigger and better things as well in his career. Um, yeah, and obviously, we're moving on the topic of loan signings. We have to mention Luke Armstrong. I mean, what a player. What an absolute bagsman. The poacher we've all been craving for since Richie Barker, in my opinion. That was And that was 15, 15 years ago. All of Armstrong's goals are coming, coming in around the six-yard box. If you give him the service, he will score. It's as simple as that, really. Um, obviously, we'd love to keep him at the club on a permanent deal from Salford City, but sadly, I do think his wages might just be too high for us. But you never say never. The club comes up with surprises sometimes. 
You can't fault his work rate as well, closing down defenders along a resource. And his contribution to the pools this season has been absolutely phenomenal. Definitely fans' favourite, and I'm sure the Northwest Corner would have had a few songs from him by now. Only negative from him is that he needs a haircut, doesn't he? But in truth, I don't care what he looks like. As long as he consistently hits the back of the net, I think all Poolies will be happy. Couldn't agree more. Billy, I have to ask, after we've discussed this, who is your star loan player-wise this season? I think for me, it's got to be Luke Armstrong. It's a no-brainer, really. He's been on fire, which is really impressive for Pools this season. He's already got 10 National League goals. He's averaging about one and two in his Pools career, which is impressive stuff at any level, really. Teams must hate defending against Armstrong and Oates and Molyneux. They're closing down this league and the work rate carves up half chances. What's the likes of Sterry, Ferguson, Shelton, Featherston, White? The list has continues and they can all assist Luke Armstrong. Also, a massive shout-out to Lewis Cass, who has been consistently improving and proved to be a great loan signer from Newcastle United. Yeah, I mean, I think that's been one massive thing, you know, this season. The utilisation of the loan, the loan market. If we hadn't brought these players in, we wouldn't be anywhere near um, where we are now. And I think that's just hats off to Dave. The way that he recruits players, you know, is unlike anyone else that we've had for, for quite some time now. So it's been a real, real positive. And, and as you say, hopefully we can keep some of these players that we've got on loan, um, whether we go up or not, because they've got endless amounts of talent when they're all playing at the top of the game and all playing together. So, as you know, during the middle of last week, Rob Law interviewed Chairman Raj Singh live on BBC T's as fans were able to dispel certain rumours that had been flying around recently. We're now going to dissect the key talking points and put across our views of the interview as a whole. Yeah, what were the key talking points for you, Luke? Yeah, Jack, I listened to the interview on BBC Sounds during the week whilst out on the walk and I found it really interesting to hear what Raj had to say about matters on and off the pitch. On the whole, I thought it was a pretty positive interview about Pools. Um, Raj stated he's excited for the future and stressed massively how important the season ticket sales have been this season. He thanked the, the fans multiple times throughout the interview with BBC T's with Rob Law. Um, Raj explained how he believes the club is financially stable as long as money is kept, is kept getting pumped into the club. He praised the support from the government to support clubs like Hartlepool during this COVID crisis. It's been tough for all and we've seen the effects on the likes of Macclesfield and Dover. Um, he did hint at the new sponsor lined up too, which is all good investment for the club. We now know that's Teesside Airport, sponsoring the Millhouse stand. And he said that Pools are not currently talking to any investors, but we're always on the lookout for some new investors. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty recently about loans being taken out of the club um, after an image circulating on Twitter and social media. And this worried a lot of fans, but he did clear up that Pools haven't taken out any loans at all. Um, he said that when we, when we took the club over, there was an anti-embarrassment clause uh, from Sage which we had to pay £1.6 million if we get promoted. That's now been satisfied by Clarence 18, which is Raj's company. He did make it clear that no loans have been taken out at all. Um, and it fills fans with positivity when he coming out with something like that. Mm. Fair in the interview, he did praise the work of Alex Chandy, volunteering to run the media side of the club. And he's hopeful of offering him a full-time job next season, as he's proved himself. I believe Alex has done some excellent jo an excellent job this season. And he's been front of the deep end, really, um, in the middle of a pandemic, doing sort out all these streaming issues, commentating on Mixler, commentating on streams from his bedroom at the Torquay game, the goal graphics on social media, an announcement on the club website. Um, he's only young, passionate about the club, and he's doing a fine job indeed. On the transfer front, and Raj spoke about how we brought players in and we haven't finished yet. We're looking to bring one or two more in this week before the deadline shuts. Chalner's rumoured to be looking for a left-sided player, a striker or a versatile player. And Raj stressed that he leaves the transfer business to Dave Chaloner 
and the coaching team, and his decisions on the transfers have been positive so far. In terms of the start 11 we currently have, Raj said how Nicky Featherston is the first name in the team sheet, and he looks out for him as he's his favourite Poles player. Raj stated that Nicky is a great servant at the club, even before he came to the club. I think many fans agree with him with that, what a player he is. And then Rob Lowe asked how Poles are in terms of preparation for next season. And Raj said that the club are preparing for next season already, either whether it be in the Football League or the National League, looking for another promotion push, bigger and better than this season. He claimed that we're in good shape, whether or not we get promoted, we're already making plans for next season. Um, and lastly, another key talking point, which I got from an interview, was the ongoing talks with the council about extending or redeveloping Victoria Park. It's to try and get an income during the week and tackling the outgoings. Obviously, you might have a game and then there's a two-week gap and you have to cover the bill somehow. And Raj did say in a dialogue that they were always in dialogue with Hartlepool Council over the redevelopment of the ground, and each party knows what to do to develop the project. He said how the Vic is outdated and redeveloping the ground is a priority. Now, I believe you're going to talk us through the on-field matters, Davo. Yeah, in terms of the football side of things, you know, we all know that Dave Challenger's contract ends next season. And I think I speak on behalf of all Pearls fans when we say we would love for him to stay on. But taking into consideration that this is football and anything can happen, such as another team coming in to lure them away, you know, from the hot seat here at Victoria Park. But, you know, we remain hopeful that there's a positive outcome to this matter. And of course, Rob Law asked Raj, you know, would you like to see Pills in the playoffs or go up as champions? And he responded, I'd much rather go up as champions. But like me and Dave, we like to downplay our chances. We probably need at least 10 wins to win the league. It will be hard, but we can do it, he was quoted saying. Overall, I think what he said on the interview, he, you know, he said what most of us, you think, would want to hear. But of course, you know, you're going to get the sceptics among the fan base who have other thoughts on this type of thing. But generally speaking, it came across a really good, positive interview. And seemingly, he has a good, positive outlook on the future, both on and off the pitch. But of course, this was before the walking game at the weekend. So nine wins now. Jack, where could our wins come from? Well, looking at Pool's remaining fixtures, six games you'd expect to win. We've got Dagenham away, Dagenham at home, Weymouth at home, Wilston away, Aldershot away and Maidenhead at home. Although a different side to the 4-0 away um, from home at the start of the season. Six challenging games, definitely Stockport away, Borehamwood away. I know the Notts County game on BT Sport, that's going to be a tough one. Chesterfield as well at home, Bromley away, and of course, the big one, the one that could potentially, you know, define our season, Sutton away. Now, Pools are renowned for playing better and picking up results versus teams in and around them, and that's why I've gone for those results. You know, having said this, though, the National League is unpredictable. As long as we keep avoiding defeat and turn these draws into wins away from home, especially, then I think we can be in the top three positions, which is where you really want to aim for. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Jack. Um, I know Dominic Scare from the Hartlepool Mail recently did an interview with Chalner out to outline how many points we would need to win the league. Chalner said, for me, I think to win the league, we're going to have to get around 84 points. With 13 games to go, this is before Saturday's game, that's 11 wins and a draw. I know Sutton have got 15 or 16 games left this season and they haven't had a dip in form like we have or Torquay have. And they've got a tough run of fixtures coming up predominantly away from home. It's definitely something for the taking at the minute, though, in my opinion. We just need to concentrate on ourselves and make sure we have the points on the board. It's more pressure on teams like not counting Stockport when they have a handful of games to play on pools, knowing they must win in order to catch us. Yeah, totally agree. This is a bit off topic, but just out of curiosity, 
you know, how important is Gary Little both on the pitch and off the pitch? It's clear to see how well he reads the game, but how much more of an impact does he have beyond just that? I think it's obvious that Gary Little has a massive impact on the squad. He's a natural leader. Obviously, he came to Pearls the first time around. He made about 250 appearances in a six-year spell, predominantly as a centre midfielder, but also as a centre-back towards the end of that first stint. Um, over 300 appearances for Pearls now, and he's 15th in the all-time Pearls appearance list, which is crazy impressive stats. Um, he knows the club well. He's been to Pearls, obviously, before. He's a local lad from Middlesbrough, and it was a good choice for him to relocate back to North East after coming from Walsall. He played most of the 06 or 07 season as a centre mid and when needed to as a centre back or even full back. He's been a part of the good times under Danny Wilson and what it takes to get promoted and going unbeaten runs in crucial parts of the season. His performances were rewarded with the end of season debut Players Player of the Season award with Mickey Nelson. And it could be huge for us going to the last final 12 games of the season. He's been fantastic since coming back from injury. On the whole, his career, he's played 650 career games and most of them in the Football League. It's an excellent career. Looking at his impact on the squad, it's obvious that he's a leader. He's some, someone players can rely upon and look towards. He's a perfect role model for HUFC. Um, in terms of experience, heads in the team. You can only put Nicky Felliston in that bracket with Gary Little, in my opinion, um, in terms of appearances and um, experience at Pearls. There was worries when he signed that maybe his legs had gone or his lack of pace, and he was looking for one last club before he retired. But I think he's proved any doubt was wrong and showed how pivotal he is to all starting 11. 34-year-old, he's a machine, a Rolls-Royce at the back. Personally, I'm a massive Gary Little fan. His efforts shouldn't go unnoticed. I loved Little the first time round in League 2 and League 1 days from 2006 to 2012. And he's definitely cemented himself as a legend of the club. He'll be even bigger of a legend if he can get us back to the Football League this season because there'll be only a handful of players that have two promotions on the CV of pools. I'm thinking the likes of Richie Humphreys, Sweeney, Mickey Barron, Mark Tinkler, Ekin Williams. And hopefully little can be added to that list of players. Yeah, I just want to touch on a couple of things you've said there. You know, the 650 career games, that is absolutely massive for a professional footballer to achieve that. And I know as well you said about, you know, lacking pace and things. He's just completely made up for that, you know, with his knowledge of the game, the way he really reads the game. I've been really impressed. I'm, I'm completely the same as a massive Gary Little fan when, you know, when he was there in the first spell, that was when I was just starting to follow pools and I thought he was a quality player then. And, you know, I think he's even improved in quite a few departments despite his age. Um, so definitely a key player this season. I think we did really miss him when he was out injured. So it's fantastic to be able to have him back right now. Just to tie up the podcast, we've had some brilliant news recently regarding sponsorship uh, for pools. This had onto the recent deals that were struck with the Brunel Group, who now sponsor Townend, and also Nuffield um, coming on board. You know, how vital is the sponsorship going to be moving forward, Luke? I know Raj mentioned it a few times in his interview, but it's something that's pivotal, isn't it? Yeah, that, that Teesside Airport deal, that, that's a massive sponsor, Pools. That is a big deal. Um, obviously, they're sponsoring the Neil Cooper stand, uh, which will run on the end of next season in May 2022. But any sponsorship for pools in general is just brilliant news. I think it's another boost for the town by having links with Teesside Airport. Ben Houchin has done a great job around Teesside, getting the Freeport, Millsborough and Hartley pool, the Treasury North and Darlington, and getting Teesside Airport on the map again, getting Ryanair on board, and also getting the tall ships back in 2023, like we did in 2010. We all know how good the tall ships was, and it's massive for the town to get such a big event um, back to the North East, back to Hartley pool. Ben Houchin, the Tees Valley Mayor, even touched on the redevelopment of Victoria Park. In his interview with Alex Chandy, when the announcement came out with the Millhouse stand being sponsored by Teesside Airport. Once Teesside do its bit for pools, they're getting back to the Football League. 
Ben Houchin said that Hartlepool is a key part of the region and the football club is an amazing part of the town. With the recent great news for the town in general, with the tall ships and the Treasury North coming to the northeast and the Freeport at Hartlepool and Middlesbrough, um, we're just hoping that the football club can continue this amazing run that we've been on this season, hopefully end with some great, great news of getting back to the Football League. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. You know, these deals that we're agreeing, you know, it's a statement of intent. Raj, I know I didn't touch on that, I didn't speak about the interview, but that was something that clearly came out for me. You know, he, he really, he does seem ambitious and these deals are, are just highlighting that. And hopefully, you know, we can just continue to move forward and, and push towards the Football League and get back to building to be a Football League club once again. Finally, in regards to the latest club news, first is that of our young goalkeeper, Brad Young, who has received his first international nod after getting called up to the under-19s training camp at St George's Park. Secondly, early this afternoon, it was announced by BT that our home fixture against Notts County on April 10th will be broadcast live on BT Sports, kick-off 17.20pm. And just quickly, if you didn't know already, our National League fixture against Dagenham and Redbridge at Victoria Park on Good Friday, April 2nd, will now kick off at 1pm. And that's it for the latest Club on Goins. And now I believe you're going to tie up the episode for us now, Jack. Indeed I am, mate. Well, thanks for coming on, Belly. No, thank you very much. It's been nice to get on the show. Um, I always listen to the podcast. I'm a big fan of it, so thanks for having me. Thanks very much. No worries. It's been, it's been fantastic and your insight has been, has been quality. Davo, as always, I'll see you in the next podcast. Please keep interacting with the socials at HFC Chat on Twitter and Hartlepool United News on Facebook. Another big week for sure coming up for the boys in blue and white, but keep the faith and never say die. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.